Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Welcome to The Truth About Getting Attached Too Quickly. Oh, an oh-so-common challenge um, or, you know, thing that happens for so many, so many. women and, and men. I mean, it just this early attachment is such a big thing. And um, there's so many, so many ramifications. There's so many, it, there's so much impact. So yeah, how do you feel about this one? I have a lot of things to say about yeah. this one. And, and maybe people aren't like, well-versed in this term, but if this is you, you probably know that you've got it going on, right? Early, early attachment is, you know, one date, two dates, and you've decided that this person is the one, you know, one date, two date, and you stop dating other people, one date or two dates, and you start creating the fantasy in your head about how the, ba the babies are going to freaking make together and the life you're going to live together. And the really bad news about this is that this is actually, yes, it's stemming from fairy tale conditioning, but most of, mostly this is about codependency and being disconnected from yourself and looking for someone else to fill you up, right? How many more episodes do we have to have about this? <laughs> like, this is the core of the new truth that we're, we want to end a world where women are looking for someone else to fill them up, make them happy make them feel worthy. And for me, when I think about early attachment, you know, it's the child saying, I'm going to get this person to love me. I'm going to get this person to give me the child that I never had. I'm going to make it work with this person. And I always use the analogy of a child can't say, they can't look around at their parents and say, oh, I'm not going to get my needs met here. So I'm going to leave right? With early attachment, that's the same thing that's happening, right? If you are attached too quickly in dating, your inner child has chosen and you now have lost all sense of self, all of your autonomy. And then since you're attached, you can't leave, right? It doesn't even occur to you to then start telling the truth or be authentic because you're going to be obsessed with making it work. And guess what? Most of the time it doesn't. Like, like when, when Kate just said the ramifications, like the ramifications are, this is not love. Stop calling it love. And there's a difference between getting excited about someone and, and saying, you know, wow, I, I really just had a great date and I, and I enjoyed them and I want to see them again. The biggest problem I see all the time is women then throwing away any other option from a man who has not at all expressed interest in being exclusive with you either. Right. Why are we doing that? Why are you not dating other people when someone hasn't said to you that they want to be exclusive with you, right? You are the chooser. You are the prize. This is the most ridiculous thing in the world to me and, and how people give their power away yeah. on top of you literally don't know who someone is. 
And this, this idea of when you are disconnected from yourself, if you're getting attached too quickly, you have projected a, a, a whole person on like onto the face of the person you're dating. You have no idea who they are, but you've decided, you know, after a couple hours, like, are we not following how crazy this, how crazy this is? And then you're going to be, you're really, what you're attached to is that, right? This, this fantasy in your head, which again is your child self trying to escape the pain of your childhood, trying to avoid actually taking responsibility for being a grown up around dating. And I think this is the thing that creates so much drama in dating too. And this huge, I'm sure you have so many clients who fall into this. And this is why I did the dealing with dating disappointment episode, huge, like expectation disappointment cycle. Yeah. Because you, if you are in this, that's what's happening. You have the fantasy, doesn't follow through, crash. Have fantasy, doesn't follow through, crash. And then you tell yourself, I hate dating. You hate dating because of this emotional roller coaster that's happening inside of you because you haven't done enough inner work, you know? And that's, that is the truth. That's the bad news today, right? If you're, if you're caught in this, this is about not being deeply, deeply, deeply connected to yourself. Yeah. And not being full inside of yourself, which of course, every episode is about too. (laughs) Like, I feel, you know, we, two things happen that I've seen. It's either we, when you're in such a hurry to make something, to rush something, you miss the beauty of each phase. Like there's a beauty in getting to know someone. And I think we, you know, I've noticed in myself too, this can show up in friendship because I'm an extrovert and I connect, I'm a connector and I make friends really easily. And so I can get into fantasy and friendship really quickly and think I know someone. I remember I had this friend that I didn't even realize was not actually like really aligned with me. Um, It was a few summers ago, not a few, maybe five years ago, but anyways, I was so excited and my friends were like, oh, that's Kate's summer fling. And it was like every summer for some reason, I'd have like a new friend that would spark something and it would, and it would be like dating. Like we'd hang out all the time. And then I would be in fantasy and all of a sudden I went one day, wake up and be like, wait, I don't actually feel good to be around this person anymore, but I did in the beginning. Mm. And so that's the toxic cycle that when you are dating someone and you're rushing and you're not rooted in yourself. And I'm so glad you brought up projection because that's completely what it is. It's the idea of the person. Like how unfair is that too, that we don't actually stay you know, rooted in our own curiosity and getting to know people. And I remember like when I experienced, I remember I say like Bumble, like it was a long time ago when I had my Bumble experiences, I'm currently not doing it, but when I did it a few months ago, I, you know, guys would say things all the time to me before they even met me in person. And I was like, wait, you've never even met me. You don't even, what? It's crazy. And everybody's just like living in this dream in their head. One of my favorite books, the, the book that awakened me at the beginning of my spiritual journey was The Four Agreements and how he talks about um, don't, he talks about how basically we're all in a dream and everyone's life is a product of whatever their dream is and that we're all just like creating these stories in our head and then believing that the stories are true. So you know, if you go back to the Tinder swindler episode, like that, and, and even though the Tinder swindler is an, is an exaggerated example, I know a lot of women who've been in very fucked up situations with men because they were in fantasy in the beginning, because they got married really quickly, because they got engaged really fast, because they were like, Oh my God, I'm in love after two dates, three dates. Like 
when you're in a hurry, slow down, there's nothing, there's no rush. And if you feel like you should be rushing, that's a flag. Like that's something to pay attention. Why am I in such a hurry? And am I trying to source feeling good from this person? And it's like, it's like the cookie monster. Like you have one cookie and you're like, Oh my God, I need another cookie. I need another cookie. But then you're, you, you cannot be rooted and anchored in yourself if you're just chasing another cookie. And then now we're in the conditioning, right. Of how many women will say like, I, I just want a boyfriend as if there's some arrival point, right? Like stay tuned for our episode on weddings. We haven't done that yet. But we've been talking about that forever. This, this idea of there's a, a destination, right? Usually the women are that are in a rush, they're chasing one moment, which again is abdication of all personal responsibility right? I'm going to keep talking about a baby or, or, or a puppy, you know, like you, you chase a thing and then you get home with the thing. And it's like, Oh fuck, there's actually a hell of a lot of responsibility to take care of this baby or take care of this, this puppy. And guess what, to take care of the relationship. And I think what's so problematic for me. And I, and I always come back to this lately is the, the immaturity, like we, we have to grow up, like, you know, and the, the TV shows and, and all of the movies, they're, they're showing moments, right? So then we get hooked on that. And this was talked about, I did the whole Tinder Swinder episode about this, about the emotional high, like that, that's what some people are falling for, right? And then it's not rooted at all in reality. And when, when you're dating, if you don't if you're not operating from like intimacy is a responsibility. And if you're not operating from high self-esteem and confidence and self-worth, you are going to chase moments. You are going to chase a man. If you're not doing your inner work, which is your childhood work, you're going to fall for love bombing. I can't remember what our episode was called about love bombing. I think we did like stop falling for fake love or something like that. Um, oh yeah. Cause that, that whole episode was about, if you don't know what love bombing is, that's the episode on the difference between actual love and love bombing. We spell it out for you very, very clearly. Um, but the, the over and over it's like attachment isn't love. And I, and I feel sad that we don't have enough stories and we don't have enough shared in our culture around what love actually is. Like I dream of a world where we're learning this in elementary school right? Especially girls are learning how to set boundaries and have self-respect. And we're not saying shit like boys will be boys on the playground anymore, you know, that that stops, but real love is peaceful and steady and calm. And it doesn't mean there isn't magic and excitement and passion. Of course there is, but it's not right out of the gate because again, what comes up, what has to come down, right? With early attachment. And, and I think, you know, what, what you started to allude to is this idea of you're actually using someone. And, and we, and I've mentioned this like offhandedly in some episodes, but I really, this, this honestly was a game changer for me in my own healing journey around my relationship with men. I had to get honest and it was very difficult to do this, but I had to look at how I objectified men right? Men objectify women for their body. Women objectify men for their love, right? You were sucking someone dry if it's their job to love you and make you feel good about yourself. 
And that's what I was doing, right? Early attachments about codependency and love addiction. And I 100% was behaving that way. I mean, if you asked my college boyfriend, he would say that Catherine never asked me anything about myself. I mean, that's like true. When I think about my college boyfriend, I don't even actually know anything about his inner world mm. or, or, or like about him. It was always, it was just all about me. It was all about me. And I was also an alcoholic. <laughs> um, so it was pretty bad in that relationship, but it's this, like, that's the, the true sadness of codependency is we're in that child survival mode and healing is not easy. It's not linear. It does take deep work and it takes radical honesty. But when you face these things in yourself, you stop behaving this way in dating. And like, that's, that's the good news. I never would be with the man that I am with right now for eight freaking years after never having a relationship last for one. And all of my clients that have found their person cleaned up codependency. Like it was this because early attachment is trying to use someone, right? You don't know it's a human being. Like half the time I say with dating, we have to learn. We, we like don't know how to be curious anymore about people, right? Everyone's always like, what questions do I ask? Like, what do you actually, when you drop into your heart, they come easily. Like you don't need a script when you are in your heart, when you are connected to yourself and full of yourself. And when you know who you are, because then you would know how you would answer many of these questions. Curiosity comes naturally. But again, if you're self-conscious, which is also right, remember self-conscious versus self-confident. If your attention's always in yourself, or on yourself rather, like, am I good enough? Am I saying the right thing? You can't be curious, but if your attention's in yourself where you're just connected to your heart, connected to your body, and you're treating another human being like another freaking human being, not give me a baby, give me a, a wedding, give me love. You know, what, what person, and I'm sure many, I love what you just said too, about your experience on Bumble. Like if people came on too strong, it was a turnoff. It's like, wait, you don't know who I am. So I always love like flipping it for women. It's like now I'm sure plenty of you listening have been on the receiving end of a guy who was in full on projection on you and was like in a big rush and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So always flip it right. When you're worried about your own behavior and dating, flip it. Like, how would this feel for me? And then recognize there actually is a path to not behaving like this. But what's happening with early attachment is you're disconnected from yourself. Your inner child is running the show. You're using the person that you're dating and you're actually not available. You're not available for love. This is, this is a sign of lack of emotional um, unavailability. So of course, those of you that are probably getting caught in early attachment are saying, I keep, I keep attaching to unavailable people because you're unavailable. If you're in this rush, if you're in this drama, if you're in this, you know, projected state, you're not available. Stop falling for fake love. (laughs) Yeah. That that was a fire episode. I'm remembering that one now. And that's what it is. And that's what it is. It's fake love. It's, it's like the, the saboteur ego love versus real love, which the ego love is all about what it looks like. And so you're so busy checking boxes and chasing a timeline and you're getting to the end result so that you have all the things. And then you wake up one day and you, it's all about getting like getting the next text, getting the next thing. And you wake up one day miserable and all women do when it's coming from fake love, like whether they admit it or not, they do. It's, it's empty. It's empty. And, um, I just think like, 
I mean, at the root of it all is pain. At the root of it all is a woman who doesn't know her worth, who still is anchored and believing that on some level, anchored maybe isn't the right word, but believing on some level um, that she is only worthy if she has love, that she is only um, good enough if she has a relationship, if she's been proposed to, if she's been chosen, if she's been, if she's the center of someone's world. My friend that was just here who was telling me a million horror stories, I think I said that this in the last episode about all her friends that are fantasy love addicts. It's like they, all they care about is the, the idea of it. It's, it's the idea which will never satiate you long-term. It might satiate you for an hour when you get all these Instagram comments on how beautiful your ring is or whatever the thing, but it's not going to feel that, that pain. Like that's a thing. And so wherever you go, there you are, your, 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 your saboteur, your ego will tell you the pain will go away. Once I have the relationship, which you said, how I love how you said it's not a destination on some level, we do believe it is when it's coming from that place of lack within ourselves, we feel like, oh, there's going to be a sense of relief, but the relief is temporary because it's a bottomless pit. It's like you get relief for an hour, for a week, for a month. And then all of a sudden you feel empty again. You feel pain again. You feel not good enough again. And then your mind will convince you, oh, you just need this thing. Oh, you just got to get that next thing. And the, the mind is so... Uh, the saboteur mind, I'll call it, call it is so uh, manipulative and strategic and, and, and sly. And so you'll think like, okay, I'm, I'm there. I've arrived. I've got the thing. It is not an arrival point. So on some level, you're looking for a man. If this is you and you're resonating with this, you're looking for a man or a woman or whoever to rescue you, to rescue you from your own pain. And no, you know, I'm, gosh, my, one of my favorite chick flicks of all time is pretty woman. And I'm thinking like he rescues her and I'm going to rescue you right back the big, at the end of the movie. And he's got the rose in his mouth and he's in the limo and it's like waiting in the tower for the prince to come rescue you. And that's our programming and to rescue you from your pain. And then you don't have to feel pain because you're not doing life alone. But let me tell you, I know a lot of women and go talk to married women, you know, I know a lot of women who have been maybe married for a long time, a short time, and they feel more alone than single women because single women have freedom. <laughs> so it's like there's more loneliness in an unhappy, unhealthy fantasy illusion relationship than there is in a relationship, in a, being a sovereign, single, solo woman that's living life on your own. So like from that place, when you're rooted in yourself, when you're anchored in yourself, and this has been my experience dating. And I know a lot of, a lot of women after they, we work together, um, when you're anchored in yourself and you're dating, when someone else is in fantasy or is trying to rush it, you feel sick. And like, I know sometimes it's over the top, but like, sometimes it's obvious, but sometimes, you know, yeah, if a guy's really good looking and he fits all the things that you like, we fall for it. And the reason the woman on the Tinder swindler fell for it, she was just waiting for that moment to happen, that thing to happen. Like if you are, if your life is set up where you're waiting for this big grandiose moment for love to come into your life and on some level you're waiting for it, that's you. It's a setup and you are going to be swept mm. away by the, I miss you text. And that like, if someone tells me they miss me or they love me, or they're like pedestaling me in any way, when I don't, when it's like first four five, six, like early on, like that is like, I feel sick that if they're not also taking it really, really slow. And just in the moment and in the experience, like 
I want to like, it's, and it's not even a running feeling. It's just like a, nope, like there's just a gut feeling. So that's how it feels when you're anchored in yourself. You're not chasing another hit, another hit, another hit, you know, when something's off and then you don't end up in toxic relationships. And that is, I mean, the most common thing is because of all this fantasy love bullshit that we've been we've been swimming in our whole lives and brainwashed with most like so many women are in really, really toxic relationships. And men, they're like so many relationships that exist out there are fucking toxic because we're so disconnected from ourselves. I'm think I'm like totally my brain is is spinning now on thinking how many rom-coms are a rescue story. Yeah. Like we should do an episode just on that. Like 50 shades of gray was a rescue. Cause sometimes it's even the other way, right? She rescues him, mm-hmm. um, from his childhood trauma, but he had all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, like just this, this emotional high, like that, that's the thing that's, that's killing me. We, we do this with shopping. We're doing this with social media, right? We're, we're doing this with, with any chase for the next thing. Yeah. And the, of course, the antidote to early attachment is doing the inner work. So your inner child is no longer running the show, having emotional mastery so that you're not chasing the high and also practicing non-attachment. So let's talk about this for a second, yes. because I know, I know that this can, it's kind of the same thing of like when people said like, you are love. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, does that mean, right? And it's like, oh, practice non-attachment. So I don't know how any other way of saying this other than living mindfully, you know, and, and it's this practice we talked about it the past couple episodes too. the practice of presence, the practice of having, you know, this is why we meditate, you know, meditation is not just like this cute thing to do because all the spiritual people are doing it. Meditation is about disciplining your mind. Meditation is about pausing long enough to not get swept by whatever your mind is doing or swept by an emotion. That's how powerful the practice is along with movement, right? When you're connected to yourself, you can notice the, the, it's not like you won't get excited. Like, you know, non-attachment doesn't mean like I'm freaking Buddha now, (laughs) you know, in, in dating, but you can say like, Oh, wow. I noticed there's a lot of activation around this and I'm not going to make a decision from inside this big emotional activation. And I'm going to own what's happening for me. Okay. That was exciting. This person's attractive. I love, I like how this feels, but I'm not going to make meaning of it. And especially with, so my, you know, you've heard me say before, no big deal is my like offering to all of my clients. You know, he doesn't write back, no big deal. He doesn't follow through, no big deal. What early attachment does is like the first couple text messages on an app and you're already gone, you know, into, into a fantasy when a woman is, you know, Queens don't wait. So I love that you just talked about wait, you know, waiting. Cause I say that all the time, Queens are not twiddling their thumbs, sitting at home, waiting for some guy to come and save them or give them the life that they want. Queens actually take action toward creating the life that they want, but they also are not trying to make anything happen. Right. So go see your episode on why dating is exhausting. 
are you catching on that we, we cover it all on this podcast yet? Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this, you know, hustle of, I have to make love happen. I have to make someone pay attention to me. I have to make a guy be interested. You're exhausted. You're getting attached because you're not able to relax, right? Your life has to be big enough that you're not chasing a partner, right? If you are obsessively on the apps every single day, if you think you have to go on a million dates a week, of course, you're not going to freaking have fun, you know? And I get it. That patience is hard. Are you kidding me? It's so hard. It Ooh. is, you know, cause we're, we're human first, but I just, I, you know, I don't know any other way of living at this point. Like some, some people are going to choose this path. Some of you are going to have a massive breakdown right. To break through where you just realize you can't live the way that you've been living anymore. Like that was me, right. I had on again, off again, craziness with love addiction with my ex and I got broke, like it broke down into like, okay, I can't live this way anymore. That was my, you know, my heroin journey. And some of you are listening to the podcast now saying, okay, I'm going to draw the line in the sand. Now I'm not going to wait until I'm like totally falling apart over some guy or going through the worst breakup of my life in order to do something about this. So non-attachment and dating is, is, is taking your time, is not making meaning out of everything, is having realistic expectations. Again, goes to the episode on dating disappointment because you're not going to connect with everyone. Most people are not going to follow through. Most people are going to be idiots on the dating app, but that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean you're not going to find someone. That doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It doesn't mean that you're not amazing. It's just realistic view of fucking life right. And have a big, beautiful life outside of a partner. Uh, and I, and I, you know, I've been talking to Andrew about this, um, especially as we're welcoming baby on the things that we each do for ourselves. That's our self-care outside of our relationship, like the way we're nurtured and the conversations we're having with having a baby where we're not just going to dive into taking care of her. We're going to honor one another's needs. I'm like, okay, he needs to go play golf or he needs to take a nap. I'm going to need to take a nap. I'm going to need to be with girlfriends. Like, how do we manage that together? Those are the conversations we're having. And I think early attachment, you die into the relationship, right? That's what's happening. And then why you lose yourself and you're not happy. Totally. I was, as soon as you said that, I'm like, yep. All the women who are like, I, I just felt, feel like I lost myself again, or why do I lose myself every time I get into a relationship? I love, I'm excited for all the conscious parenting. Like there's so <laughs> many things that you, that you're doing differently. It's going to, yeah, I feel like that's going to be a little sideshow or something. It's just amazing to hear. Um, yeah. I was just thinking about non-attachment, like one of the biggest things that changed the game for me. Cause I was obsessed. I was the craziest fantasy addict, like jump from one relationship to the next relationship, to the next relationship, to the next. And like in five minutes, they were my boyfriend in five minutes, they were the one. And we were talking about our kids' names. Like I was the worst of the worst in my, in my twenties and it stopped at 30, but I was massively fantasy. And the thing, I think that one of the things that helped me the most is twofold. Like being in relationship with me and being in relationship with the divine or God or the universe, because so like, why don't you start dating the universe or God or the divine or whatever feels like the term that feels resonant for you find a term that feels resonant. Abraham Hicks says source energy. Um, I love the divine, but I 
every time something bad happens, I'll be crying my eyes out. And simultaneously, I'll be feeling this sense of like, wow, this is for a big reason. Like there's something, there's something magical that's going to come from this experience or some amazing gift or some lesson or some teaching, like this is happening for me. I don't feel like a victim to the thing that's happening. And so when you learn how to be in relationship with the divine and it's, you have to be in relationship with yourself too. Cause I think that what I've noticed is just like, there's so many people that do the spiritual thing, but they're not anchored in the human experience. So it's a combination of self, your own like the new truth, building your own trust within yourself by following your truth. And every time you listen and honor and, and um, devote yourself to your own truth and your own desires and your own, whatever fills you up and follow that. And then also simultaneously, like have conversations with conversations with God. There's a book called conversations with God. That's amazing about this man who just sits down one day and he starts writing to God and he's like, Hey, why if sex is such a bad thing, according to God, like why, why is it available? Why is it so readily available? And, and the answers he got were not at all what religion taught us. So there's like all, there's so many practices you can writing to the divine, right? Um, meditating is another way to connect dancing, yoga, but doing things, walking in nature, doing things where you're actually building a relationship with the divine so that when you go on dates, you've got the divine, you've got yourself, you can, you can separate all the meaning making and stories that your saboteur and little girl are making up and write them all down when you get home from your date. Oh, he says he's that he's the one blah, 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 write it down, get it out of your system. And then come back to how did that feel? Ah, it felt really relaxing or oh, actually, I felt kind of anxious and not myself. Like, then you can pay attention to what's actually happening. And then talk to the, talk to the universe, talk to the divine, talk to God. Hey, okay. So here's what felt good. Here's what I'd like more of. Like, thank you so much for this experience. I feel like I learned so much and use it as an opportunity to like actually have conversations. It's, and if you're, if you don't have a spiritual bone in your body or haven't connected with this part of you yet, I, I mean, I really didn't, I was shut down because I grew up not super religious, but my lineage had pretty strict religion. And it just like, I was kind of repulsed by the control part of religion. Um, but I, so I had many years where I wasn't spiritual at all, not spiritually identified and I came back to it. And so whether you're religious or spiritual or not, or, or you don't identify, find something could even be nature you know, connecting with nature intelligence and, and talking to the trees, like, but find something greater than yourself to connect to. So you can start to, because for me, like until I trusted life, I tried to control everything. And so if you're attached to the person, you want the thing, you need the thing, even, even with your friends, if you're constantly disappointed because you have high expectations, there's a lack of trust. And I only built trust when I learned how to actually listen to my truth and follow it. And also when I learned how to trust the universe and like thank the universe and see the magic that's all around. And then I got to see more magic and life became more supportive and magical because I was living from that place. I am so freaking glad that you brought this in because this is also what's true for me on what changed everything. I learned to love myself. Like I made that comment last week about believing my friends loved me. And then it was having a spiritual 
experience. And I always say, if you don't have a higher power in your life, you're going to make your partner, your higher power. Yes, totally. Right. And, and that is not going to work out for you. And so there are infinite ways to build a spiritual life. And I would say Buddhist literature helped me the most. And I'm actually thinking one of the number one books that helps me practice non-attachment is if the Buddha dated, Mm, um, it's so good. It is so, 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 so good. So if you are really, really struggling with early attachment, obviously the first invitation is to join open to love my dating program, which has several modules about healing your inner child and living the practice of non-attachment and grab this book because it is, Oh, I mean, not only is non-attachment for dating, like it's about life. Like, and that's everything you just said, like being able to not be grasping for control, being able to handle when difficult things happen without feeling victimized by them, right? Like life includes it all. And when you have yourself, you can handle it all. That's what self-trust is. And if you are chasing, really what early attachment is, is chasing, chasing a high. It's infatuation. It's about being disconnected from yourself. And there is a path home. Let's stop calling it love. And you know, if you have books that you have loved or spiritual practices you love, that's what you share in the new truth movement, you know, Facebook group, like lean on each other for how did you develop it? I mean, my right. Kate and I are both well over a decade on each of our paths. Like I'm laughing. I feel like my, my early, um, sobriety when higher power was like included, I was like, yeah, no, like I was not interested like in that at all. Um, I was, I was raised very Catholic, um, and rejected it big time. So it is about like starting, like I'm thinking there, I think there's a Pima children book that's called start where you are, Mm. you know? And I, and I guess the last thing I'll say about this is compassion is a spiritual practice. Like having compassion for yourself is self-love. Most women are so unbelievably hard on themselves. And I mean, I watch it even more. So like once you do get on a personal development path, you become even more intense about it rather than hopefully the gift. If you're on a great growth path, you're becoming more compassionate, right? And and more full of grace and humility on just how whacked out being human is and how hard it is. And that we can, we all deserve a break. You know, we're all carrying a lot. Like no one's immune to suffering. No one's had a perfect childhood. Like everyone's figuring themselves out. And the biggest thing with this episode is like, you can stop the drama with dating, yeah. right? Like you can get off the train of the fairy tale of the fantasy and you can lead the way for your friends, you know, like you can model the the new path. And that's of course why we have this freaking epic podcast. Yes. So all of that's those it things. for me. And your friend, like your friends, like start to be the model, not just by modeling it yourself, but like, like after the date, calling them and talking about your, how you felt instead of the guy, but do it for them too. Like when they go on a date, oh my gosh, the guy was blah, blah, blah. Or the woman was blah, blah, blah. Like actually ask them like, oh, cool. How did it feel? How do you feel? Were you relaxed? Were you confident? Were you nervous? Like, tell me more and like get curious about their experience as opposed to the, the, the fantasy, the, the other person. So we can help liberate each other send them the new truth, obviously. (laughs) And, um, for spiritual, um, spiritual, um, resources, I was going to say references resources. I, uh, the four agreements, I already said that's, I mean, that book completely woke me up and changed 
everything in my life. I flew to San Me Diego too. and did a, did a meditation retreat in Encinitas where I met you. I did a meditation retreat with Don Miguel Ruiz, the author of that book when I was um, like 25. That was the beginning of my journey. And I, it, it, like it totally changed everything. And I read it in one night. It's very thin. It's an easy read. And then the second biggest one for me was The Untethered Soul. And it is, and then he has, he has actually just come out with a third one. The Surrender Experiment is his second one, which is like him practicing what he teaches in The Untethered Soul, him sharing his life story of applying what he teaches. I and then I don't know what his third one's called, but, um, but Michael A. Singer is the author of that one. And he is phenomenal. like that. I mean, that book, I read it on a flight from San Francisco to Hawaii and then like on the whole flight, just super easy read. So eye-opening, so supportive of this. Um, Conversations with God was really cool too. Cause it like breaks down all the like weird kinked beliefs that people, if you have any trauma from like forced um, religious beliefs or anything from childhood. That's, that's a good one. Um, but there's so many, I mean, there's so many resources out there, the alchemist, um, just like the divinity of life. Paul, Paulo Coelho's books are phenomenal, but the alchemist is a really big one. Um, but there's, it's just like looking through the lens, you know, when women unlock their heroin in our, in the work that I do, it's, they start to like, see how magical life is. And, and then they get to like, start to collect evidence. And the more you see it, the more you see it and how much life is supporting you and how every rupture, every painful experience is actually for a reason. Like there's something happening. There's something you're going to, some new part of yourself you're going to meet as long as you're willing to feel the pain and move towards yourself and get support and be around people who love you and like actually move through it instead of avoid it or numb or distract like so much is available to you. So yes, awakening and, and start dating yourself and dating the divine. Ooh, that could be a program, dating the divine <laughs> or a book. Um, there's a book coming. It'll be out in 10 years, dating the divine <laughs> and, uh, and fall in love with, with your own soul. And then you won't, you won't end your life as always. And you won't be so attached to, to someone else some arrival point because it's never going to satiate you long-term. That's just the truth. No matter how convincing your mind is in every fucking movie and TV show, it's never going to satiate you long-term. So instead of watch, I'm thinking the last, I was just thinking as I was listening to, instead of watching those TV shows, pick up these books. Like if you spent one fifth the amount of energy you spend chasing a man or building a fantasy story toward building a spiritual life, like watch how much everything changes. And this is one of those, like, if you are someone who's really getting really attached and caught in this, that's the take a break. Like yes. th- that's actually the stop dating and reset. Um, and cause I needed that. And so yeah. that's another invitation, like get, get hungry for yourself and, and, and spirituality rather than a man. Yes, totally. So. And if you're still watching all the fantasy shows, watch them ah. through the lens of what we teach or watch them through the lens of what we teach. Like look at all the fantasy addicts, look at all the shapeshifters, look at all the self-sacrificers, like actually use it as a way to deepen your understanding, just like you can on dating, like use it as a way to learn as opposed to just getting swept away by the story and letting it add to your bank of fantasy desires. So yeah. Hot episode. Um, if you, as always, share, if you love this episode, share it with um, a woman that you know who's in need, who attaches early. And um, we have lots of programs to support you on your journey. So you can always check out katherinedanielli.com. That's your website. 
And the unscripted woman with no E inscripted uh.com is mine. Uh, or you can find us on Instagram and we love you and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.